We start winning, you try out again. Last time I checked, scouts aren't looking for high school science teachers. Well, not many science teachers throw like you. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to another episode of Does It Hold Up? I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And you guys know what we do here. And if you don't, we talk about older movies, ones that came out at least a decade ago to decide if they still hold up to today's standards. This isn't us saying if it's a good movie or an enjoyable movie, just does it hold up? Or would it not get made today? Is there problems with it? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, would it get canceled? Yeah, would it get canceled? That's a, that's a big one. So, Emily, where are we going back to this week? We're going all the way back to 2002 for The Rookie. Starring Dennis Quaid. Yeah, based on a true story. Loosely based (laughs) on a true story, like all true stories in Hollywood. Loosely, loosely based. You know, they gotta Hollywood it up. Yeah. Well, when's the first time you saw this movie? I could not tell you. I've seen this movie so many times. It's ridiculous. Do you like this movie? Yes. Okay, how many times? You said ridiculous. How many times? Well, Ballpark. Like, at least 20. 20 times. A at single least, movie. At least majority of it, 20 times. Yeah. Listen, I there are movies I absolutely love, and I probably haven't seen 20 times. My favorite movie ever, I probably haven't watched 20 times. So, this is the whole reason why I haven't seen that many movies it's because when i find movies i like i just watch them over and over and over again why did you air quote seen no no no. you haven't seen them there's no air quotes there there's no haven't seen you just haven't seen them y'all just make fun of me because i haven't seen this or that movie yeah but i have seen the rookie 20 times (laughs) good for you i guess Uh, I saw this movie back in 2002 when it came out. I did not see it in theaters. I saw it at home on home video back when you could actually rent videos and watch them at home. Hey, we can still rent them now. It's just on your TV. Yeah, no, I like disc. Give me the disc. Um, yeah, that's, that's when I watched it. I enjoyed it. I'm a baseball guy. I love baseball. I played baseball for like half my life. You know, which is, yeah, I'm not that old, but I'm old. <laughs> so like half my life is still many, many years. Uh, baseball is my jam. So any baseball movie, I'm all in. Of course, I'm going to love it. I'm going to watch it. So I love this movie, but every single time I watch it, there's just something new that sticks out. And I'm just like, ooh, how did I miss that? Ooh. I, I honestly have those things too. In fact, watching it this time, I noticed something new that... I can't believe I haven't missed before, so... Okay. You want to talk about it now, or you want to wait till it comes up? We'll wait. Okay. All right. So, let's do some box office. Yeah. I'm going to try to shorten up the box office thing. Uh, We got some feedback that maybe the box office stuff was too much numbers. It's a lot of numbers. Gets gets people... I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers. Like, (laughs) bathe me in numbers. Fill a bathtub with numbers, and I will just soak in it. Any constant listeners to us know that spreadsheet spreadsheets are his jam yeah like just all the a little too much <laughs> just, listen math was the only class i actually cared about when i was in school i love math i love numbers so for me i love the box office stuff I, I it's not just the numbers thing i love tracking like how good a movie did how poorly it did what were expectations did it meet those i love that kind of stuff that's the nerd in me this is my nerd thing but for all you listeners out there i hear you 
I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to try to just shorten it up. Mm-hmm. So the box office, this bud, this movie had a budget of about $22 million. Okay. Somewhat low. Domestically, it took in $75.6 million. Internationally, another five for a worldwide total of, of just over like $80 million. Yeah. It's not bad. For like this kind of movie in 2002, that's pretty damn good. Especially when I think around that time, wasn't it just all super action-y? Like, it had to be action? No, not really. 2002 was the first Spider-Man movie. Mm. Um, so people kind of were like, oh, you can do more fun action movies. It doesn't have to. 2002 was more the, the year of, like, we were getting a lot of parody still. Like, scary movie type stuff. Ah. Things like that. Uh, it was it was the, the decade of Mean Girls and uh, Not Another Teen Movie and... Those types so, of... So, like, teenage rom-com... Yes. Funny. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Early 2000s was about that. And then as 2000s went on, everything shifted into, like, more gritty stuff, but... That explains my interest in a lot of those movies. Yes, it does. That's around the time that I was really getting into movies. <laughs> yes, it does. So, not bad. 80 million total worldwide. Mm-hmm. Adjusted for inflation for 2022, it's $119.3 It's not the worst. Yeah. Could be better, but it's not bad. Yeah. So, 2002, it ranked number 36. Okay. It was right between a re-release of E.T., the extraterrestrial. <laughs> okay, think about that. This movie made $75 million in 2002. Yeah. A re-release of a movie that was 20 years old by this point made more money. It's E.T., man. I have never seen E.T., Ooh. I have seen so many clips of that freaking movie. I've probably watched the entire movie without realizing I've seen the entire movie, but I have never sat down in front of a TV and just watched E.T. I'm not sure I've watched it all the way through either, but that's mostly because the actual E.T. freaks me out. Yeah. That was so scary as a kid is just seeing that E.T. Oh my God, like, that's no. hilarious. I love the way he looks. He looks so cool. He looks... Like an alien, but not the aliens you're used to seeing. Yeah. So, okay, side tangent real quick. I got I to gotta ask this. So, you always see aliens, and they have, like, the big circular head with the big eyes and the, all this stuff, mm. right? How come E.T., the, the way E.T. looks, didn't, like, change the way we see aliens? Probably because a lot of things that still show aliens show them as being, like, villainous. So, they have this new E.T., as a more hero, not hero, but like good guy. Sure. So they probably didn't want to go after that if they're going to still continue with the villain look. Yeah, it's just weird. Usually when something big like E.T. happens, it changes the way we view certain things. Yeah. So I thought for sure his image would change the way we picture aliens. But nope, we still do short green men, big head, big eyes. Not it's as weird. much anymore. I mean, the whole idea of Star Wars is like there's every type of... I don't care about Star Wars. Crazy alien there Star is. Wars is stupid. I don't care about Star Wars. Yeah, we're going to fight about that. We're doing later. so oh, many hot takes right now. We are, but we're going to definitely cover Star <laughs> Wars at some point because I have a lot to say about that. But yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Um, and then it pushed down one spot, the movie Barbershop. That, what? Exactly. You've never heard of it. It's fine. Listeners out there, if you've heard of it, it's actually a really fun movie starring mm. like Cedric the Entertainer and stuff. Pretty funny movie about a barbershop. 2002 ranking. It's in the top 20. Where do you think it lands? I was going to say 16. Ooh, you are literally one number off. 
Ah. It came in at number 15, pushing down uh, Disney Pixar's Lightyear down at number 16. Mm. Yeah. So that's not that's not bad. Yeah. The, the, this type of movie they don't really make anymore. You know, like the weird family-friendly drama? This is, this is a drama movie. Yeah. So they don't really make family-friendly dramas anymore like this. They so really for it should. to be adjusted to there means it made a pretty good amount of money when it came out. Better than Lightyear. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of things are better than Lightyear, let's be honest. <laughs> so how does that compare to what our good old friend... Well, he's becoming less and less my friend after we hear all of his ratings here. Uh, what does our friend Eber have to say about this? He... Do you want to take a guess? I do not. I've just embarrassed myself every week that you've asked where I'm just way off. But I... Sure. Two stars. You are on the ball. Two stars. Yes! Exact. <laughs> yes! Finally, I got one. Maddie, that's for you, you jerk. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's only so many that it could be. In- <laughs> yeah, and I got it wrong every time so far. <laughs> the quote I grabbed from him is simply, the movie is so resolutely cobbled together out of older movies that it even uses a totally unnecessary prologue just because it seems obligatory. I know it's based on a true story, but a true story that seems based on old movies. Rotten Tomatoes, what do we got? Rotten Tomatoes, the critics have it at an 84% and the uh, audience has it at a 70 84? Yeah, an 84. And 70? Yep. I don't disagree with either of those, but I also don't agree with them. They just exist. Yeah. Did you happen to grab the cinema score? Yes, I did. But nice. Audiences, back when it first came out, gave it an A cinema score. Okay, that, it, explains, the, that explains the box office. Exactly. Well, it's exactly as it says on the tin. You get a rookie. Is he a rookie, though? I mean... Because, wait, hold on. Wait, he wait, comes wait. back out as a rookie. No, you can't come back as a rookie. You can't be a rookie twice. <laughs> okay, so I get it. Okay, he is definitely a rookie for the major leagues. Because there you he go. never got there the first time. Yeah. But he definitely got drafted coming out of high school. Yes. So he had been in the quote-unquote league prior to. Mm-hmm. It was the minors, but he should have moved up pretty quickly until he injured himself. Yeah. So where do we... I don't know, man. The name of the movie is Let's weird. Let's go with he was a rookie to the majors. Sure, but like he's not, the, the story's not about him being a rookie. The story's about the fact that he's like 39 years old or 37 35. years old. 35. Okay. So he's 35 years old, finally going back to try out to be in the majors. Yeah. You couldn't come with a, you couldn't come up with a better title than the rookie. You know what? I like the title. Let's move on. So we start the movie on something dumb mm. and it bothers the hell out of me. Yeah. So the opening to this movie, okay, sorry, real quick. The movie is all about a man named Jimmy Morris, who was drafted into the Major League Baseball League of Redundancy, great, when he was young, got injured, couldn't actually fulfill his duties, and was dropped. He goes and becomes a science teacher at a high school before he turns 35, makes a bet with his team where if they win district, then he'll try out for the majors again. Mm -hmm. He tries out gets accepted even at 35 years old spends some time in the minors and gets called up to the big time yes okay that's the basis of this story so why in the hell do we start on a story about a guy drilling in texas for oil and nuns why do we start here you know i honestly tried 
to like reason it out being like oh well that you know they blessed the land and this is where he comes and so he is blessed or whatever it nothing makes sense that's a podunk little town that doesn't really seem to have a lot of money who did they specifically just bless him they were like hey in a hundred years this guy's <laughs> gonna come and he's gonna want to play baseball and nobody else gets anything good but this guy well they did strike oil there so it didn't help the town those people ain't they ain't got money it's That's, whoever had the land has the money that is fair so why does he get the i don't know it's i absolutely despise this opening yeah but, i think it's just they they wanted to add some religious thing into it but I, didn't actually give that to the character because the character like, do it does go around with the medallion of that saint only when he gets to the majors though that's true it's attached to his jacket when he gets to the majors. That's it. Yeah. It's not, he's not uber religious in this. Sure, they pray before one of their games in high school, but you know, it's a high school in Texas in the 90s. I think this guy's career was in the 90s, right? I can find that up. I think you have that. Um, so I get that part, but come on, man. Really? We start this story about baseball. With a guy drilling for oil, nuns giving over their money in them to help with the oil finding and bless the land. And then they talk about how they started a baseball team. They started playing baseball back in the day when they were drilling for oil. But then this town has no baseball team for like 90 years. So why the hell did we start there? He tried out for them in 1999. Okay, so yeah, the 90s. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, right? It feels like it just adds time to an already bloated runtime. Right, it's already over two hours long. We don't need more time. Yeah, yeah. it had absolutely no purpose. This ending's dumb. They do do something cool in the opening, though. Hmm. When, well, a little bit later. So we get that whole backstory, and then we get young Jimmy as, like, a kid. We find out that his dad is a military man, works for the Navy, yep. as a recruiter, mm -hmm. and he has to move around a lot. And he's in, I think, like West Virginia or something like that. And they're playing baseball and he loves it. Then they go to Florida. Then they go to Texas. And he finds out that this Texas town doesn't have baseball. This kid's obsessed with baseball. Mm -hmm. Like fully obsessed. And he goes to a town that doesn't have baseball. Yeah. And he's like devastated. So we get this whole like 20 minute prologue about young Jimmy. I hate that too. It takes way too long. I honestly praised it for not taking so very long it sets up him and his relationship with his dad and Ugh. his relationship with baseball i mean could it go a little quicker sure but i, mean, you I cut, thought it was fine as is you could have cut five minutes off of that easily and not lost a thing like the whole scene where they're unpacking the u-haul and he's like his his mom's like his glove was in the mitt and she he really wants it and his dad's like suck it up buttercup pick up boxes and stop pouting okay that's you, probably you, enough right there. <laughs> yeah, that's literally that tells me everything I need to know in that five seconds. He's desperate for his glove. His dad hates that he's obsessed with baseball and wants him to be realistic. Although you don't get his drive for baseball in the fact of he is out in all sorts of weather practicing. I don't get that anyway. I mean, he's out in the middle of snow and rain to it's, practice. It's Texas, man. Not in Texas they when they're in snow. other places. They don't get snow in Texas. Yeah, that was back when he was in Virginia. I don't care. And then yeah, Florida that's a where it was rain. That's a, that's a 30 second montage, not a 20 minute sequence. I didn't think it was 20 minutes. I don't know how long I it is. It's mistaken. long as hell though. I, I don't like it. 
I don't like it. But here's where the cool part comes in. So he's told the story about the nuns for some god-awful reason. And he goes out to find this old field that these people used to play on, mm-hmm. which looks exactly like a baseball field still. A and little overgrown. It's a little, fine, a little overgrown, but you can still tell it was a baseball field, <laughs> which, come on, time didn't destroy this field. Nobody bought this land and paved over it or anything. Mind you, this field is back from, like, 1920s. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Maybe even further back than that. It was the 20s. Okay. But then, like, he finds this. He finds a pitching mound still intact, still bolted into the ground. What? Yeah. Back in the 1920s, they didn't bolt the mound down, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) This movie is not right when it comes to some of the baseball stuff. But it's a really cool shot because he gets on the mound and he, like, digs in like he's going to throw a pitch and all this stuff. And the camera zooms out and around an oil rig that's right next to the field. Mm -hmm. And as it's going around, they switch out young Jimmy for 35-year-old Jimmy, played by Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And it's like a really cool thing because it's like so smooth. And I know it's just two composited shots on top next to each other, but it's just like, it, it's really seamless. Yeah. And it's really well done. So can we talk about how just beautiful this movie is? Because I a while back we did a whole thing on sports movies and i would have given this one an oscar for cinematography yeah because it is just that beautiful they get so many shots in this that it's just like wow how is this not some oscar Beatty drama that you're working with here because it is just so pretty yeah they use light they use angles they use everything to their advantage and it's just it's so good. It is a very, very pretty movie. And the director, John Lee Hancock, did a pretty good job. Like, I think he just had a fantastic cast to work with. So he that let helped. them do the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful movie. It's, it's well done. I'm not like mad at it. What I am mad at is the pacing. And we're going to definitely get there because I can't deal with it. But the director or the cinematographer was John Schwartzman. And he is known for... Oh, he did Seabiscuit. Oh. Seabiscuit's wonderful. He also did Pearl Harbor. He also just did Jurassic World Dominion. Eh. He did Armageddon. Mm. (laughs) You're like, this dude's had such an up and down career where it's like, oh, damn, that's such a good thing. Oh, that's not. He did The School for Good and Evil, too. I know you watched that one. I I enjoyed that one, Uh, surprisingly. Let's see. Last Christmas. Oh, he did Jurassic World The Ride at the uh, Universal Orlando theme park. And this is all cinematography? This is all cinematography. Director of photography. To be fair, all the ones, even the ones I met, the cinematography looked great. Yeah, he did uh, the Fifty Shades movies. But yeah, I mean, clearly, dude knows what he's doing. Look at all the movies I just named. They're all amazing. They all look fantastic. So it's it's really nice to see that kind of care taken in a movie like this. Yeah. Where it could have just gotten away with the most basic shots, but they took the time to make it look beautiful. Right. You could have shot this almost like a sitcom. A little flat lighting, two cameras set up, just let them both roll, get your two yeah. angles and move on. But just make mid- it a little more cinematic. Just cinematic. midday lighting, doesn't yeah. matter. But no, they waited for that sunset. Oh, there's. Oh, we're going to get to that shot in a little while. Um, all right, so here's the cast for this movie because, like I said, the director, he was fine, but the cast, what held this movie together. So we already talked, Dennis Quaid played Jimmy Morris, and he is an everyman man. Love mm-hmm. him. Rachel Griffiths as Lori Morris, his wife. Thoughts on her? She did well. Uh, we didn't get a lot of time with her, enough time at least, to really 
for me to care so much about her. <laughs> yeah, I definitely could have used more time with her because every time she was on screen, I was like, I was transfixed. I yeah. love her. I think she's just, she's amazing. Uh, his dad is played by Brian Cox. I love Brian Cox. He did so good in this movie. He's one of those guys who like can play a villain that you just absolutely hate, but then turn around a minute later and make you cry because you connect so emotionally with him. Yeah, this one was particularly heartbreaking. We get to moments later that my heart just melts and I'm like, yeah, you weren't the best of fathers, but I can see you're trying now and it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> just heartbreaking. If you guys don't know who Brian Cox is, he played William Stryker in X2 X-Men United and he was a dick in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, hey, conniving almost do your thing man and then the last one to just touch upon so all of his kids are like some of the names and faces you'll recognize but uh jimmy morris's actual son not his students is uh hunter morris played by angus t jones and if you don't know the name he is the kid from the show two and a half men with charlie sheen he was super cute in this movie he wasn't super annoying like he gets in that show I watched yeah. that show quite a bit when it was originally out, and he just was so annoying in that For, show. First of all, that's gross. That <laughs> terrible show. Uh, yeah, he was fine in this. I didn't, yeah. like, hate him. I he liked was okay. him. But, yeah, uh, that was everybody. And Brian Cox is my uh, MVP, if you had to pick somebody not Dennis Quaid. Oh. Brian Cox, amazing in this movie. Yeah. Okay, here's my problems. The young Jimmy section goes on all the sometime. We already talked about that. Now, they don't focus enough, so we finally pick up the story years later. He's the coach of a baseball team at his high school, Owl Pride, and his team is terrible. Yeah, they don't care. They're just awful well, because they school, never had a baseball team. It's a school all about football. Texas is all about football, yeah, apparently. Absolutely. Apparently? Go go to Texas. Oh, I don't doubt that they are all about football, but I, that was more of the apparently of they don't care about baseball. Nah, football's the thing there. It's crazy, <laughs> but he's coaching his team. And I got to say the chemistry with his kids, with the team, the chemistry between the teammates themselves and their chemistry with Jimmy. Oh, so beautiful. So good. Like I, I need, wanted so much more of it. So in watching this again, I realized how much of this movie I normally just think about of being this part. What do you mean? This is the part I think of when I think of this movie. The I mainly think of the high school stuff. And that's the stuff that I absolutely love that I get transfixed watching time and time and time again. Yeah. It's because it's just, it's so good. It's so fun. This is the story that I'm mostly interested in. I can tell you it's, if you talk to anybody like, Hey, do you know the movie The Rookie with Dennis Quaid? They're going to say yes. And then you're going to be like, what's the movie about? And they're going to be like, okay, it's about a high school coach who makes a bet with his team and they go on a winning streak and they win and he has to go try out for the majors, which he does. And then he somehow gets in because he throws super fast. And it's like, okay, you described 10 minutes of this movie. That's it. <laughs> but that's what people like you, like you remember. Yeah. That's yeah. what they think this movie is. Yeah. Guys, there is so much more to this movie than it, that. It is insane. It's, I, ugh, Okay. So, something that makes me laugh about the high school stuff. They can't grow grass, and they can't figure out why. Yeah. Jimmy puts seeds down, but the grass will never take. And one day, he's leaving the school late, and he says hi to the janitor, Ray. 
And the janitor's like, hey, I know why you can't grow grass. And he shows him, and it's because deer are eating the seeds he puts down. Yeah. And it's like this really cute, fun moment. But at the same time, I'm like, Ray, you suck. Well, maybe he hadn't looked out there before. He tells him, he's like, uh, like three or four gather here every night. So he's done enough research to know that they are out there almost every night. Okay, maybe Ray doesn't cross paths with Jimmy all that often. He knows where his room is. Knock on the door. You know this dude's been dropping seeds for however long trying to grow grass, and you're just sitting on this knowledge? Justice for Ray. He's innocent. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like they play it up as this really heartfelt moment between the two, like this fun moment. And that's all I could think about was, Ray, you suck. (laughs) You couldn't say it earlier. Oh, I loved it. They Even they have good chemistry. Maybe just Dennis Quaid always has good chemistry with everyone. Dennis Quaid is good in everything. Like... Isn't he the dad in one of your other favorite movies, uh, The Day After Tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, He's a dad in that, too. Mm. He's great in that, too. Um, What's not great about Dennis Quaid in this movie, though, is his accent. Well, yeah. His, like, it's ever-changing throughout. Sometimes it's really heavy. Sometimes it's not. And I can't quite place what accent it's supposed to be. I wonder, not that this is probably what was going through his head when it went through, but it's more so the fact that he was always moving as a kid. So he has multiple accents, like his whole identity is based in several different areas. I don't know. It just was like... Once again, trying to put a, a reason to something yeah, that doesn't def- have reason. You're defending it really hard. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. All right. So he seems like a really cool teacher. Yeah. He, you can tell he has great chemistry with his students. His students like him. He likes his students. They connect. Um, we only see him in the classroom one time. I wish we could see more. Twice. 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 We see the nucleus part. And then we see him again and they're doing an experiment. Because right. he tells a kid that, hey, those goggles work better if they're on your face. That's right. That's like, right. how do you manage to <laughs> not have it on your face? Also, she tries. she has them around her neck. And she tries to put them up on her face and it like bunches her hair. And I'm like, that's never going to stay like that. (laughs) I I wouldn't know about that. Um, (laughs) But I just, I wish we could have got more of him in the classroom. It worked both times. Once again, this is the first part of the movie just should have been expanded. This is what we came to see. So working with his student, working with his, his team, his high school team, they're awful. They can't win. They've just give up every game. Like they know they're not good. Yeah. So... He starts working with them, trying to, you know, I mean, he's the coach. He's obviously working with them. (laughs) But, I mean, he starts, like, pushing them to be better and giving them speeches about how, like, it's not about baseball. It's about what do you want? Like, do you want to just end here? Do you want to just go get a job at the oil mill and then that's it? You want to work on a rig and you're just done for the rest? What more do you want? Mm -hmm. Because if you give up on this, you're going to give up on everything. It's a great speech. This is after they lose their whole, like, I think their home opener of the season. Yeah. And he gives them this wonderful speech. And then they're like, yeah, but what do you want? I don't know if this is actually after the opener because we've already gotten to the fact that they now know his his arm. Oh, is that's there. true. So it might be a few games in or they've just had a, quite a few practices before. Yeah, I think it's just practices or something before. Could be. Um, because at this point, he... he they've all tried his arm because they all know he no, can they throw. Have, have they tried him already? Otherwise the entire he team can throw? otherwise the entire team wouldn't be backing it. They've seen eh, it. That just but that doesn't seem right. 
I know I, we literally just watched it and I'm already <laughs> struggling to remember the exact, I don't know. I didn't write down exactly. Cause I thought I was just going to blow through this part, but because they weren't winning yet. No. So why were they practicing with his heat? No, they don't know. The only person on his team that knows during this speech is the catcher. Because mm. after practice one day, he said, coach, throw me some. Yeah. And then he's like, come on, throw me as throw hard as you can. I know you used to have a cannon back in the day. And he's the one who brings up, well, and what he, about you? Yeah. And then he tells all the other kids, hey, coach has got a hell of an arm. And I don't think he, he doesn't tell anyone. I mean, them, they all know. They, they seem very surprised when they when he does throw it at him. Well, because I don't think they knew how hard. That could be. But he gives them a speech and they're like, well, what do you want? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, I, I had my time. It's your guys' time now. Don't worry about me. And they were like, no, nobody throws at your age like you do. You can still have a shot at baseball if you wanted it. Yeah. So they make a bet. And the bet is if we win division and go to the state championships, that tournament, you have to go find a major league tryout and do your part. Mm-hmm. Try out for major league baseball again. And he agrees. And then we get this great montage. We're not there yet. Oh. We got to get the great moment of them practicing first. Mm. This is where the practice comes in. Because he's like, we got to get ready. We got to go. And he's throwing them balls. And they're like, listen, we're never going to win and get better if you don't throw the heat. Yeah. Teach us how to hit. So he starts just whipping baseballs by him because he's throwing like 96, 98 miles an hour Mm -hmm. to high schoolers. They have no chance of hitting this ball. <laughs> In fact, the one's face lights up when he just fouls, fouls it, it off. off. He's like, I got a piece of it. Yeah. I love Quaid's reaction. Now get all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's see you get all of it. It's just great. That's like pure coaching right there. But this is around that montage time when it's like probably kicks off the montage yeah. of them starting yeah. to do better and better and better at baseball. And I'm, I absolutely love this montage. Oh, the montage is fantastic. It's they're winning games. They're having fun. They're, they got the rally caps going and everything. Absolutely. Yep. It's probably one of the best parts of this whole movie is this montage of his team winning and his team wins and mm-hmm. they win the division. Yeah. But only in the very final game. Yeah. Because they need 17 wins, and they currently have 16, and then they have to beat their rivals, the Roughnecks. Because in... that's who beat them at the beginning. Yep. So they face him, and it comes down to, of course, the last batter of the game <laughs> for all the marbles. And they win, and it's great. Yep. Everybody cheers, everybody's happy, and then we get a moment where they're all, you know, being... Uh, so what am I looking for here? They're all being respectful to coach and re- celebrating and then being like, hey, we did our part. Your turn. It's your turn now, coach. And it's great. It's a great moment. So he does. Yeah. He he agrees. And he goes and he finds a tryout. What do you think of the tryouts? I love this scene because he has to bring all three of his kids, one being a baby with. And he signs in and they're like, well, are you, are you here for someone else? He's like, no, I'm here for me. And they don't. He's like, I might not even be called. I could just be sitting here for no reason. But I came, and that's all that I had to do for my team. And they do call him right after he changes the diaper, of course. (laughs) Why not? And he throws some massive heat. Although we don't get to see it right away, what he's throwing. No. They, They hide that even from us, because at this point, we think he only throws... 96. Well, we do see 96. He thinks he can throw 76. He thinks he can throw 76. Back in the day when he was, before he got injured, he was throwing like 85, 86. Yeah. Now he can throw 96. So, funny thing. This is called The Rookie. 
It's about a guy who has arm surgery and then can throw harder afterwards. <laughs> In the 90s, we also got a movie called Rookie of the Year. Amazing Which movie. is about a kid who breaks his arm and after it heals can throw a ball harder than before he broke his arm. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> how, how do we get two movies that have somewhat the same premise? Oh my God. I love Rookie of the Year. Oh my God. One of my favorite sports movies. Great. So he tries out and that's it. He goes home and he gets a call from the scouts and they're like hey you're like you're old as hell but you throw really hard come play with us come play come come you know do an actual tryout with us where Mm -hmm. it's us and the manager of the team and everything come pitch for them so they can see i'm not lying about how hard you can throw so we get this really dramatic scene where it's just pouring rain and he's just pitching his heart out come on guys i know it's super dramatic and everything but like have you ever watched baseball they don't play in that hard of a rain. They don't play in rain. So, like, him throwing in this means absolutely nothing because he's never going to have to. <laughs> so, what is the point? It's beautiful. Yeah, It's but cinematic. But it's pointless. It's a movie. It's a stupid movie at this point. <laughs> so, the entire time, he's been lying to his wife and not, like, not lying per se, but, like, withholding certain truths. Because doctors have told him don't bring out the heat again you could damage your arm beyond compare and so she's like obviously concerned about that so yeah he tells his son to not tell her a whole bunch of stuff and then he ends up telling her anyway yeah so he tells her only after she hears on the answering machine all the scouts calling him yeah saying hey come play with us yes we want you and so they have a long talk, and I actually think this is one of the best scenes in the whole movie where she's like, you can't do this. You have a family. You have a responsibility. You have a job offer at a better school to be a coach and a science teacher, and you'll make more money. Like, think about us. And he's like, I didn't even say I was going to do it. And she's just like, I know you. <laughs> You're thinking about doing it. He also sees his dad around this time. Yeah, hey, who cares? Who cares? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm skipping everything that has to do with his father because I think it is one of the most pointless parts of this entire movie that needs to be cut out completely. It's boring, it's long-winded, and it adds nothing to the story. Oh no, my daddy didn't like that I played baseball. Who cares? You had a successful career as a teacher. You had a beautiful family. If your father doesn't like it, he can shove it. Like, get over it, dude. Your dad's an old... curmudgeonly curmudgeonly curmudgeoning no, curmudgeonly man who was a navy recruiter like shove it i can't deal with him i can't deal with this z story of <laughs> my daddy doesn't like me no no the z story is the nuns oh sorry okay the x story of my daddy doesn't <laughs> like me i can't deal with it i will skip every single part of it i don't like it it adds nothing so if i don't bring it up apologies i i block it out like it never happened okay I'll, I'll leave it at that because you're right. It doesn't add too much to the story. It does have a little heartbreaking moments for me, but that's me. I mean, you can bring it up, but if I mix, if I skip it, just know that's why. Because I don't care. The main heartbreaking thing for me is he gets his grandson a mitt. It's the wrong f- mitt. It's a, it's a first baseman's mitt. And he just looks so sad because he's like, oh, is that the wrong thing? I, I can get it better. I can do it right. And it's like, you're trying now. Yeah, he probably should have tried when he was a dad instead of a granddad. Yeah, yeah. You can't make up for it now. But I appreciate the son being like, I like first base. 
yeah trying the, to like ease yeah. the tension there yeah because the son they they wrote the son as if he was you know 35 instead of eight <laughs> <laughs> the son is adorable and i love him every time he's on it's my fine. screen it's fine um so they have a, a great conversation and then you know he's like you're right i probably shouldn't do it and she turns around and looks at him and goes you're gonna do it you're gonna do it so go do it yeah <laughs> like it's okay because you have to live with yourself if you don't do it yeah and do it you want to talk about a great it. moment that actually impacts the story it's this moment right here mm-hmm. in their kitchen where she's like you can't do this jimmy morris you can't leave us you can't leave me to run this household and what about money and what about and it's like a good five minute scene and to the end of it she just goes yeah okay go do it <laughs> just go do it <laughs> And it's just like, damn, that's so good. Because that's how conversations and fights kind of go. Yeah. Like, you just have to get your side out. It doesn't mean you're telling me can't. You just want to get your points out there. Yeah. But you then you still have to understand. But it's also a great representation of showing a relationship. It's a mutual discussion on whether or not this kind of life would be okay in this at this time of their lives. Yeah. So it's wonderful to see. But then also to, like, support your significant other. Yeah. This is his dream, and he has a chance at it again. After, you know, 15 years of not having the chance, of thinking he'd never have the chance again, and, and for lack of a better term, settling into what he had. Yeah. So to have a chance again, amazing. Yeah. And she understands that, and it's awesome. Um, so he's going to go do it. Yeah. He's going to go do it. And he has to clean out his, you know, it's the end of the school year, and he's cleaning out his office. This might be a little before, but it's just... Around the same time. Around the same time. And this is when the note came in that he's taking everything down. And we look at newspaper articles that he's taking down all about how they went on a run of winning all these games to win Mm -hmm. district. And the last one he takes down is just says the Owls, his school, lost the first round of the state tournament six to four. And it's such a small thing that I absolutely love because I am so sick and tired of movies when it's a sports thing being like, they're absolutely awful, but they just banded together and won the whole thing. They're the underdog, so therefore they must win. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not real life. So this is real. Like, they did what they had to to get him to the tryout, and then reality smacked them in the face again. Yeah. Could they come back the next year and possibly win? Sure. Absolutely. But uh, I thought it was hyper-realistic that they didn't win, and I really applaud it. Such a small detail you could miss if you're not actually looking closely. Yeah. But it's there, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So let's see. He ro- runs off to the miners, and we get like 35, 40 minutes of the movie, if not longer, is him in the minor leagues. Being like, uh, I don't really belong here. Everyone is so young. I'm trying to call my son to help him with his math homework because I'm oh, not there. Oh, don't skip over that part. That part's so cute, and you know it is. <laughs> Well, that's why I'm bringing it up right now. If you want to talk about it, go ahead and talk about it. I mean, it's uh, not much to talk about. It's just such a cute moment because there's like a payphone in the in the locker room that they all get to use. Yeah. You know, this is late 90s. Not everybody had cell phones and stuff like that. Still house phones, believe it or not. And everybody has to share this phone. And he's on it and he's talking to his kid, like helping him with math homework. And everybody's like, your time's up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And he's like, Shh, I'm helping my kid with homework. And then everybody kind of just backs off just slightly. And yeah. you're just like, it's a nice moment for him to be like, I still have to be a dad. Mm-hmm. And it's also a nice moment for everybody around him to recognize like, yes, he's still just one of the guys in the locker room, but do understand that y'all are 20. He's 35 with kids. Yeah. He's got a whole nother life he has to worry about. So it's really nice. So it's just cute, 
cute moment. It is a cute moment. Keep going. But it's just him trying to... And making friends with Brooks. Yeah, trying to be called up, basically. Yeah. That's his one goal. And he makes friends with Brooks, who is also a pitcher, right? I believe so. And I believe so as well. And he, you know, is like, hey, I got to quit because this just isn't the life for me. It's not going to happen. You no, know, I got to go back to my family. Nobody my age has ever made it unless they were already in it. Mm-hmm. And so he's basically deciding to quit. And he calls his wife. And his wife is like, if you quit, I'll murder you while you're sleeping. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't say that, but it's the gist of it. Yeah, she's like, oh, well, we have this other job for you uh, that we lined up through your coaching career. Uh, but they're going to start in two weeks, so play play the next two weeks. What's what's the bother? I've been running the household for three months. I can run it two more weeks. And if you are you want to come home in two weeks, come home. But yeah. stick it out a little bit longer. Yeah. Which is nice. Again, support. Support your significant other. It's important. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're chasing their dream. Don't support them if it's something stupid. Well, yeah. Support them anyway. I don't care. <laughs> That's your choice. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, so he like, gives him gives him vigor. Like he's reinvigorated. He's ready to go. Yeah. He walks in. He's like, hey, Brooks, guess what we get to do today? Play baseball. And he's all like happy about it. And this is when I I wanted to talk about it earlier, but I want to bring it up now, is the music, the reoccurring okay. music of when they're playing like happy, of when they're playing happy baseball is just that like wh- whistling sound. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love it every time. It just gets me in a good mood. If you, if you, hold on, ready? Three seconds. That's what she's talking about. That right there. That, that music keeps playing over and over and over again. It's, it's good. It like, is so basic. And yet it like immediately just stimulates, stimulates your mind to be like, "Eh, you're in a good mood. Things are going well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. But he had had conversations with his coach about like, do you ever see me getting called up? Cause you know. I'm 35, 36, 30, whatever. Yeah, I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste around. So if you think I can't do it, I can't do it. And coach calls him into the office. Now he's been happily playing baseball for a little bit. And he calls him in. He's like, hey, you want to be, I know you and Brooks are like super close. So good news. Brooks is getting called up. He's going to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays or what they're known as now, the Tampa Bay Rays. They got rid of the word devil about about a decade ago. Um, So he's like, go tell Brooks. He got called up. And Jimmy's like, well, you want me to tell him? He's like, yeah, you guys are friends. Go tell him. And as Jimmy's walking out of the office, he's like, oh, because uh, you're going with him. Dude got called up. Yeah. He, he's made it. He's made the show. What a what a kind of dick way to tell him, though. Oh, that's the best way to tell him. <laughs> Literally, I, if he would have just sat him down and had like this weird heartfelt conversation with him about like, hey, I know you've been really struggling lately, but it's paid off. You got called up, kid. Like, it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah. He's the dad. To me, it was like a dad joke. <laughs> it's a dad joke on the dad of the team. Yeah. And like, hey, go tell him, go tell your son he got called up. And you're going with him. <laughs> like, it's so good. I love it. I love that moment. <laughs> so he gets called up and he calls his wife. And now you want to talk about a dick moment, dick way to do something. He calls his wife and he's like, hey, do you know where my navy blue jacket is? My navy blue blazer? She's like, I think so. And he's like, okay, cool. Do you think he could send it to me? Can you can you bring it to uh, Arlington? Yeah, can you bring it to Arlington and just you know put leave it there so I can get it? She he's like not telling her, and she's like, you tell me right now, Jimmy Morris. You tell me right now what's happening. 
And he's like, yeah, you know what? I don't know. I just, I need it because apparently there's a dress code in the major leagues. Yeah. Like, what? just call your wife happy and be like, dude, give me my blazer. I made it. Yeah. You don't have to play games. You don't have to play games. She's doing all this work. You better call her and tell her immediately when good things happen, you dick. And that's when the entire town is like, let's have a watch party because he's in the majors and his first game is going to be in Texas. Yeah. Even though they're the Tampa Bay, they happen to be playing in Texas when he gets pulled up. Yeah, they're playing the Rangers, Texas Rangers. So he gets called up. He's going to go be part of his first major league baseball game Yeah, as a relief pitcher because all he has is a fastball. Yeah. He can't throw crap else. (laughs) He would never survive in today's league. But everybody, like you said, they get a watch party going, but then somehow everybody just shows up at the park anyway. Yeah, this is the the thing that I said earlier that I didn't notice until this viewing is just how many people from his town show up at that game. So he gets called into the game late and strikes a dude out. Yeah. And then it cuts to the end of the game. I have no idea who won. I don't care. <laughs> and he gets asked a bunch of questions. He does have a heartwarming moment with his dad who did show up to the game. The first game that he's ever watched his kid play in. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's like, I'm not missing this one. And he gives his dad the game ball. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> That's so dumb. He's finally got his father's love. That's all he ever wanted. Dude, no, your wife su- your wife supported you throughout this entire thing. Ran that household while you've been off running around playing baseball. Give her the damn ball. She even comments on it because right after that, she's like, oh, so no game ball for me? And he's just, he kisses her and he's like, that's all I got left. And she's like, well, I could do worse. You could do better. You could have a ball right now. <laughs> Why does she not have a baseball? I hate that moment. Oh, uh, she'll get it when he croaks eventually. <laughs> when, when, yeah. I was like, wait. He's when got no De- one else in his life. When Dennis Quaid cr- no. croaks? When, no. When, when Dennis Quaid's dead. dad. Okay. Yeah, Jimmy's dad. Jesus. I was like, man, she got to wait a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only in it for the baseball. Yeah, just give me the baseball, man. I don't want... I, don't kiss me. Give me the baseball. <laughs> That's my inheritance. Because <laughs> that ball's worth five cents. <laughs> Ridiculous. I hate that moment so much. But it's... And then... So he kisses his wife and the kids are gone. And he's like, where are the kids? And she's like, oh, I left them with blah, blah. And who's it? What's it? And I have no idea what any of these people's names are. And then just everyone converges. And all of a sudden you just hear a bunch of clapping and cheering. And he looks up. Dude, how did you not see this this mob of people? It's literally your entire town. It's, the entire Right, he lives town. in a town of like 200 people. And then the people all clapping on this ramp to the stadium yeah. is like 200 people. Yeah. They're all there. Who was the watch party for? <laughs> like the three people that couldn't make it? Oh, most of them watched at a bar outside of the park and then like, like snuck in Eunice for that part. in her rocking chair on the porch was the watch party for her? Yes. Okay. Just her. Just her. They set up a TV and they were like, watch this. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know who Eunice is, but it's fine. But yeah, they're all there and they all clap and it yeah. just blows my mind because I'm like, that makes zero sense. <laughs> You think they all care about you that much to show up? Absolutely not. It's, it's a real heartwarming story. Half those people, I don't even know who they are. We never saw them in the movie. You know, they're, they're just the featured extras, okay? Yeah, well, they're not even featured. They're just there. They're okay. just regular extras. You're just extras, okay? Featured extras were baseball player, owl players one through six. Oh. Those are featured because mm. they got to do stuff. <laughs> but they're all there and they all clap and it pisses me off because... 
the, the, the boys are there from his team that made the bet about if we win, you try out. They're no, the reason he's there. Only the named players are yeah, there. Yeah, the, the, the three named players. And he, like, ignores them. My man. They're the only real reason you are there. Where's their game ball? <laughs> <laughs> I'm you need, like, six game balls. Yeah. Go buy some. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Ask the other guys, hey, can I have the balls? That's like, the true question in this movie. <laughs> that's, my, that's my real question. Where's the balls? Who has the balls? <laughs> <laughs> but he ignores them. He even ignores his three buddies that, like, he hungs, hangs out with all the time. Like, he literally just walks into the crowd, turns around so he could be, you know, full frontal on the boy. camera. And he's just, just, just mean, not mean mugging, just, just mugging for the camera. Just big old smile on his face. <laughs> and everybody's just he's like. basking in the revelry. Yeah. That, Let him bask. You don't know what happened right after. It seems a lot of character for him. Because then we, we cut to his jersey, his uh, raised jersey. In the school case. Yeah. And they pan from that to the picture of him and his team. The year that they they won. Yeah. And then something that we don't talk about. Bruno? The nuns are named Bruno. Yes. We don't talk about Bruno. Oh, deep cut. Encanto deep cut. It's not really deep cut. No. (laughs) It's surface level. Then we, for some reason, get another shot of the nuns walking away. Like, they did their job. God. Uh, why the, do you bookend it with that? Yeah, who cares about the nuns? Why You had like three opportunities to end this movie. You could have ended it with him getting cheered by that crowd of people, yep. and it would have been a cool ending. Then you get the shot of his jersey hanging up in the trophy case at the high school. Mm-hmm. Great picture. Just end it. Then you zoom in on the picture of his team the year that they won. Could have ended it. Nope. You fade to black, fade back in. There's nuns walking across the field. And then it ends. Yeah. But not only then it ends, but we also get the the text on screen, the the epilogue stuff yeah. of how he played in the majors for two seasons and then came back and moved to Texas again. And he we lives get that in Texas. While they're showing his jersey in the picture in the case, so the nuns is literally the last thing we see in this movie. Yeah, and I stop. Yeah, like somebody, I'm gonna take this movie, I'm gonna cut the beginning and the end out, and I'm gonna make a better movie. Yup, I hate it. Hate it so much. You want that story in there? Just have the uh, store guy tell it to young Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If it was a flashback, maybe I could have done with it if we didn't start with it. We yeah. started with Jimmy, but I don't know. Uh, questions? I got some. Go for it. Okay. How in the hell did the Owls win any games? So before the 17th game that they have to win, mm-hmm. he sits there and he goes, Hey, guys, three years ago, this team won one game. Two years ago, this team won one game. Last year, same thing. We won one game. And now we need to win one more game because we've already won 16. Shut up. No. I get it. Like, he's been throwing them 98 mile an hour heaters, so their bats are probably better. I don't care how good your bats are. If your fielding's not better and your pitching's not better, you ain't winning that many games. Well, they now have the motivation to actually try. Oh, so they just they just sucked due to lack of motivation? Yes. No. Did you not see how the one the third baseman, whose name is escaping me right now, just didn't try Player for Player number four. Yeah. No, he actually, he was one of the actual named ones. That was short. Nah. Third baseman who dives and makes the one play to get them motivated to continue the game after they get down against the Roughnecks in the end game, is a no-name player. Mm, someone. Short is played by Whack. 
or Quack or whatever his name is. Yeah. He, He's a named player. He spends more time joking about there being no grass than actually playing or trying. I understand that. So I understand having that, a motivation, motivation doesn't make you a better player. It, it just can. doesn't miraculously go, hey, we only won one game, and now we're champions. For all you know, most of the team is freshmen, and they are just have never been a part of the team before. They're not. Believe in the dream because it actually it's, happened. It's dumb. So dumb. He, he didn't help them with their, with their pitching or their fielding. You don't know? No, I do know. It was know. a montage. I do know. They only showed hitting. All right, next question. Why does he get called up? Is it a charity case thing? Probably. They needed good PR. I mean, don't get me wrong. In 2002, a 98-mile-an-hour fastball is, like, insane. But you still don't get called up at 35. He had a whole news program talking about his story. Yeah. Is that why he got called up? Was it good publicity? Because the Rays, the Devil Rays, sucked in 02. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Charity case. Yeah. Horseshit. Uh, would you do the same? If you had a whole family and you had a chance to relive your dream, but you had to leave your family, would you do it? If it was only for a certain number of months, yeah. That wasn't the question. I mean, that's kind of what baseball is, though. I mean, baseball is a year-round thing, for the most part. You play months and months and months, and then you have spring training before that, and then you have the small off-season of, like, two months. They're young enough. I'd bring them with me. Yeah, make them travel with you while you're playing minor league ball? Well, at least go to my hometown. Texas is his hometown. No, I mean the, the team's hometown. So Dumb. Tampa Bay. Whatever, that's still not the question. Would you do the same, yes or no? Probably, would you? Uh, what one piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie? The signed baseball, give of all, all the kids signed baseball. Give me the game ball, jerk. <laughs> You're giving it to somebody who doesn't matter, might as well give it to me. <laughs> How do you your... know that's the game ball, though? It's his game ball. It's his game ball. It's a ball that represents his first major league pitch. Almost every single pitcher has that ball. Ah, just saying, though, we had this discussion when we did uh, League of Their Own. How do you know that's the ball? I don't know. No, uh, <laughs> what, would I, what would I really want? Yeah. His jersey. Ooh, that's good. Jersey's always I, good. The high school doesn't need it. I need it. Hang it on my <laughs> wall. Uh, last question. Change one thing in this movie to make it better. Mm. Ooh, dead air. Gotta love it. Ah. Uh, Come on, well, quick. Well, because I'm debating either cut the nuns or just cut the entire second half of the movie <laughs> so it becomes a short it's like 42 minutes yeah all right or, Come on. You what's your answer i would end it at him being accepted into the minors but you wouldn't necessarily need to know like that was the minors just he made it onto whatever team i make yeah. the entire story the and rise you to give, that and then you give the epilogue text on screen of he spent two months in months in the minors got called at the major leagues First batter was a strikeout, played two seasons. Yeah. Okay. And during that time, while they're doing that, I'd probably show either real clips of him or just like makeup clips like of it. him playing ball. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Nits? I went through most of mine, honestly. Right. Um, so whenever we see Dennis Quaid, Jimmy Morris pitching, <laughs> especially the part where he's pitching to his high school catcher, the first time we see yeah. him really letting loose. They just use, it's basically like a repetitive gif at mm -hmm. this point because it's the same face, same motion, same everything. They just repeat it. And they just repeat it a couple times to make it look like he's throwing a bunch. Mm -hmm. And God, it annoys the hell out of me. He's at least fairly consistent in that look that he gives uh, every other time that he pitches in the entire movie. But yeah, it, it I never noticed that until this time where I was like, oh, that is so bad. Pretty sure that's the same image repeated multiple it times. It, it is 100%. It bothers me. My other nits is the nuns. Just the nuns. Not even their story, just the fact that they exist. I, they are uh, an actual problem with the movie. I wouldn't even say they're a nit. 
Oh, but they're see, just a problem. No, no, no. The nuns are a knit. The, the whole story that they're a part of is a problem. Them mm. themselves, they're just a nit. Oh, okay. They're throwing, like, weird yellow flowers around that yeah. nobody's met. Like, they're blessing what? the land. With, with yellow flowers? Yeah, apparently. They're sacred. They're, where did they get sacred yellow flowers from? They blessed them. This is dumb. Yes. Yeah, nits. <laughs> uh, my, my last nit is there's just not enough baseball in this movie. It's a baseball movie without baseball. I at least think it has more baseball than something like Major League. It does a few more things of baseball. Like 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Don't touch Major me. League, I, will, I will time it. Major League has a lot more montages. This one literally like after the high school kids play baseball, mm-hmm. we see him at the tryouts and then we don't see more baseball for like an hour. Like every now and then we'll get him throwing one pitch, but we don't actually see any baseball happening until the final game in the majors. Mm. We go for an hour and a half without baseball in a baseball movie. You know what? I'm Christopher Walken, but instead of cowbell, I need more baseball. I need to hear the voice. I'm not doing the voice. (laughs) All right. Let's get into our awards here. You ready? Yeah. First award, as always, is our psycho shower scene. Your favorite scene in the movie is? The high school team montage. Of course it is. Them getting better and winning games. It is so great and has some of the most baseball in this movie. It has all the baseball in this movie. (laughs) What about yours? Uh, mine is right after they win the district championship. Mm-hmm. They're all celebrating. And one of the players is dancing. And his dancing is just phenomenal. Let me just point that out. They're listening to music and he's dancing because they're all celebrating. And then one of the other players shuts off the music and is like, hey, this is for you, coach. Like, without you, we couldn't have got here. We couldn't have done this. But at the same time, we did this for you. And he hands him a ball. And the ball is signed by all of the players. And it's just like so good mm-hmm. because right after they all shake coach's hand and they all say, all right, your turn, your turn, coach. It's your turn now, coach. Yep. It's your turn, coach. It's your turn. Every single one, every single player shakes mm-hmm. his hand and says that to him. And Dennis Quaid's face in this moment gets me every single time because he does this really great thing where he's on the verge of crying but he's holding back just enough. Like, he probably went home and broke down like crazy. Yeah. But in that scene, you can see the tears literally right behind his eyes wanting to come out, and he's forcing them back. Mm-hmm. And it's such an emotionally poignant moment that I, I love it. I love it so much. It's a good moment. Yeah. Next up is the... Life uh, finds a way. Award for your favorite line in the movie. Mine is at the tryouts. Jimmy goes up. He tries out. He's throwing 98. As he's throwing diapers out, one of the scouts for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays walks up to him and is like, hey, how hard were you throwing? Blah, blah, blah. And they have a little conversation. And he looks at him. He goes, listen, Jim, I call the office and I tell him I got a guy here almost twice these kids age. I'm going to get laughed at. But if I don't call it a 98 mile an hour fastball, I'm going to get fired. It's such a great moment because one, it's true as hell. Yeah. Sorry. Like it just is. You will definitely get laughed at and people will not take you seriously. And the minute you mention 98, they're going to be like, hot damn. But if you don't call it in and another team does, you are absolutely getting fired in 2002. Well, technically 1999. Yeah. And it's just such a great encapsulation of like, that's what this entire story is summed up in that line. Now, Jimmy won't get fired if he doesn't go to the tryouts. But it's that idea of, like, if you don't do it, then what's the point? Yeah. 
And that line sums it up in baseball terms. My favorite line in the whole movie. It's a great line. What's yours? Mine comes from when he first lets loose uh, with the catcher and his little son, who's always there because he must be the bat boy or something. He's the mascot. Yeah. And he just goes, Yeah, Dad, bring the heat. It is such a, like honest and beautiful line for me it's showing that he knows his dad he's looking up to his dad and he knows his dad can do it and when he does it just he has this wonderful yes moment too okay i it's th- cute. it's so cute that kid is just so cute to me and it's like yes yeah it's a, it's a fun honest moment sincere moment in the movie yeah it's great Next up is the Han Shop First Award for the thing that held up the worst since this movie came out. I'm going to let you go first because mine's going to take a little bit of explaining. Mine is the nuns. You're knit. They, they just, it doesn't work. Nothing about them works. Awful. It's awful. It actually is part of mine. Oh, okay. Okay, so my Han Shop First Award goes to the idea that this is four movies jammed into one movie. Sounds stupid, right? I was going to say explain. But let me explain, okay? So the opening sequence, the opening series of of scenes about the nuns and the oil and all that, that's a movie in of itself. And ending it with the nuns, pull that all in. You could make an entire movie about this guy who buys basically barren land because he thinks there's oil. And while he's trying to drill for oil and not finding any, he makes a baseball team. And that's a story. Boom, done. I could make a movie with that. I can make a movie with that tomorrow. Especially when some several of them go on to play with uh, Babe Ruth, Ruth and, and stuff. Yeah. Eric, yeah, like they get so good that they go to the majors. That's a story. I can make that. Then we get young Jimmy who has to move around because of his Navy father and ends up in a town that doesn't have the sport that he's obsessed with. Listen, if that doesn't scream Disney movie, I don't know what else does. Well, this is a Disney movie. This is a Disney movie, but like, I'm talking about DCOM movie, like jo- uh, like Johnny Tsunami. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? Yeah. About the surfer who goes to a place that doesn't have surfing, so he has to take up snowboarding. Yeah. Dude, you could do that with Jimmy Morris. Young Jimmy Morris could be a DCOM movie. And That's it true. takes like 20 minutes. Just expand it out about this kid who's trying to get a baseball team made in this town that doesn't like baseball. To be fair, the real uh, Jimmy ended up playing football. Exactly. So, like, that's a movie in of itself. Then, the whole idea of this science teacher motivating his team to win division after being god-awful three years in a row so that he'll go try out for the majors, that's a movie in of itself. Mm -hmm. And finally, the fourth movie in this is his time in the minors and getting to the major leagues and the fact that he spent two seasons in the majors. That's a movie in and of itself. I really want your number three to be my movie. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, there's four movies in here and everything either feels too rushed, they didn't spend enough time there, or feels too long that they spent too much time. They didn't know what story to tell. Yeah. That's what holds up the worst for me. I love this movie. Parts. Yeah. All right, last award goes to Paul Rudd for the thing that held up the best since this movie came out. Honestly, Dennis Quaid. He I is, agreed. He is so lovable, and you just want to follow him, and you want good things to happen for him because he seems so genuine and so good. Like You just get warm feelings watching him do almost anything, and so having this heartwarming story be led by him just makes it icing on the cake. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. Dennis Quaid is my answer as well for all of the same reasons. Yeah. 
here's I do have one question for you before we go into decisions. So Jimmy Morris is a real person. This is based based on a on a, on a true story. But Jimmy Morris wasn't a very good pitcher. Jimmy Morris had a 4.7 ERA in his two seasons in the MLB. Dude, you're a reliever. You're a closer, actually. I don't even think he was a reliever. I think he was a closer. How'd your ERA that high? <laughs> he had zero wins and zero losses. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, how do you not ever win or lose a game? Well, you're a closer. You're not supposed to. But even most closers have at least a win or a loss, or a, which goes to show that he never played. Yeah, I think when looking him up, he only had 13 strikeouts. Yeah, he's not a good player. How the hell did you get a movie? I know I know the story. You're 35 and you made it to the majors finally. There's dudes in the minor leagues right now that are probably 35 who are going to get called up tomorrow. Why did we make a movie about this guy? I guess because it came with that heartwarming story about the kids. They really wanted that story to be their story, but... It didn't finish there, yeah. so... I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know. He just wasn't a good player. Go look up his statistics, guys. Jimmy Morris, he played Tampa Bay Rays two seasons, 19... No, 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. right? I think that was his two seasons in the, so. in the majors. He was he was a bad, bad player who never really got to play. He was there when they, like, wanted him to play, but that was so few and far between. Waste okay. of a movie. Okay, decision time. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, listen, I love this movie. I think it's great. I enjoy so many aspects of this movie, but I enjoy less. Therefore, this movie doesn't hold up for me. That's fair. I also love this movie. I mean, coming from watching it more than 20 times now, I absolutely adore watching this movie, but I have to agree. It does not hold up. Just seeing how separated out how much i only really remember this movie for certain aspects of it like i almost completely forget that the back half of this movie exists and i've watched it so many times so clearly this movie doesn't hold up yeah i'm with you on that it's just i want more and i want less well i mean i want more of the good things yeah less of the minors that just completely make the movie run into a brick wall yep Give me more of the high school. I think that's the more interesting story here. Oh, yeah. His team coming from a one-win team to win division and go to state? Yeah. He's crazy. Hey, we need the re-release of this one. The uh, remake of this one. Yeah. Come on, Disney. It's been 20 years. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. There you have it. That is our conversation on 2002's The Rookie, starring Dennis Quaid, released by Disney. So that means if you do want to watch it now, you can check it out on Disney Plus, where it's available. So what what was it, Emily? It was two does not hold ups. Crazy, because I thought for sure this movie was going to hold up when we started watching it. I did too. I was so excited to watch this one, thinking it was going to hold up. Yeah. And let us know in the comments below what you guys think about The Rookie. Is this like... A good movie for you? Is it one of your favorites? Where do you rank this in all-time baseball-themed movies? If you want to chat to us, you can also find us on all of our socials. Emily, where are those at? You can find us at Twitter at Does It Hold Up One Three, Instagram Does It Hold Up One Three, Facebook Does It Hold Up, and TikTok Does It Hold Up underscore between each word. Or check the link in the description. Also, our YouTube. You can check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, just search for Does It Hold Up. Come. Follow us on all our socials. We do some great content on there, like daily fun facts about movies that you may not know, some behind-the-scenes stuff. We also do new movie reviews on our YouTube channel. You guys, if you like what we have to say about old movies, you should come listen to what we have to say about new movies. 
Always spoiler free. Always spoiler free. And we actually do give you a rating too. So you kind of know where we're at. We don't just leave it blank of like, it was okay. We give you a rating. A to F. In the meantime, guys, take care of yourselves. Be kind. Be thoughtful. Be courteous. Be the best you. And keep watching movies. Bye.